Boxing Day is traditionally a time when the rich used to box up presents and give them to the poor. And that rich Mr. Roman Abramovich, that lovely Russian billionaire, is hopefully gonna box up three points and give them to Little Aston Villa on Boxing Day at Villa Park on Sky Sports. We're waiting, Mr. Abramovich. It's only three points, you don't need them. This is Talk of the Trinity. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Trinity podcast. I'm Baz Barrett. With me is Will Forrest. And you may have noticed the slightly festive looking jumper that I am wearing, or the top half anyway, because Christmas is here at Talk of the Trinity Towers. We are coming to you, time of recording before the Christmas break, before Christmas Day, and we are recording non-stop just to make sure that you get all your villa content over the festive period. So we'll be recording not one, not two, but three villa preview podcasts. So also to explain why we will be wearing the same clothes in all three of them. It's not because times are hard and we've had to skimp on the washing powder. It's just because we're doing it all now so we can kick back and like the rest of you enjoy the Christmas festivities on TV for all the Villas games, actually, which is uh, it'll even make a nice change or a terrible president. But cracking straight on then with our short, sharp, bite sized preview of Boxing Day action. Now, we're not talking about what we'll be doing with the leftovers. We're talking about Villa Park. 5.30, live on Sky, Villa v Chelsea, also known as the battle of which team can have the most positive COVID cases whilst actually still being able to put a team. Villa kind of had to cancel their previous game against Burnley quite close to kickoff, shall we say. Chelsea tried to quite close to kickoff and they were told no. So <laughs> they, were, they were not particularly pleased. But... Will Chelsea be particularly pleased on Boxing Day? Or is it going to be Villa enjoying the festive season to begin with? Well, hopefully it's going to be us. Um, you never, I mean, Chelsea played, didn't they, against Wolves and had that exhilarating goalless draw with them in which match of the day just pinpointed how well Thiago Silva passed the ball because they had right. absolutely <laughs> nothing to do. Um the, the thing is going to be the Kobe cases, isn't it? I've been I've been scouring Twitter over the last few days, as I do most days, looking at that hashtag AVFC um, hashtag. And every now and again, you see someone say, oh, I've seen John McGinn. He's obviously not got COVID. I've seen Emmy Martinez. He obviously hasn't. So at the moment, Watkins, McGinn and Martinez seem to be okay and seem to have avoided it, touch wood. You know, if that's the case, brilliant. Those those are three of our best players at the moment. Yep. At, um, at, at time recording, 
recording Wednesday night just before Chelsea are due to play in the League Cup against Brentford. But for Villa, those three, yeah, should be 5 0 then, shouldn't it? Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But I mean, the thing is, Chelsea have got such a big squad anyway, um, even without the lone players that are all in their 75 plus WhatsApp group type of a thing, that you'd think that they'd be able to rotate. They'd probably put a weaker team out for their for their Carabao Cup game. We're going to have to try and put out the very best team that we've got. And regardless of who it is at the moment, you feel confident that they'd be able to give Chelsea a game. It's probably not going to be like it was against Norwich when we were in first gear all night or how it was against um, Palace or Brighton where, you know, we, we were good value for our wins. It's going to be very much... Liverpool or first half Man City, isn't it really? Not much possession. Try and hurt them when we can. Yeah, I think it's a good time to play Chelsea, to be honest, whilst they're not just because of the COVID cases, but just because they are feeling a bit sorry for themselves. I mean, we'll see how the League Cup game goes against Brentford. They're bringing in some kids to play in that game and warm up their bench, but the game under the lights, that Villa Park atmosphere, I think especially in terms of at time of recording, uncertainty as regards how long crowds are going to be allowed in stadiums. I mean, that, that Wales and Scotland have already either made all games behind closed doors or in Scotland's case, 500 people maximum. So in effect, kind of behind closed doors. So a very full, well, Sold out the game. Wherever everybody will go, we'll find out. But there's still going to be more than enough Villa fans in there, you'd suspect, to make their presence felt. And I think that is going to play a very important part in terms of getting on the the front foot early on against Chelsea. Not necessarily in terms of, you know, having 25 shots kind of in the first half out, but just in terms of not taking a proverbial step back, letting Chelsea know that we're there and we've come for business. And... In terms of form, it's all relative. Their worst run of form of the season, only one win in the last four. I mean, you are kind of clutching at straws in terms of uh, trying to say that's terrible. Um, I I think another team close to the home had a slightly worse run of form um, a a couple of months ago. But it's it's difficult too much to pinpoint players who who may or may not be danger men just because, well, we're not sure who precisely will be playing. But I think you alluded to earlier in terms of that squad depth for Chelsea. There's, regardless of what team they play, there's still going to be more than enough quality on there to do most teams' damages. And you've just got to hope from Villa perspective. Um, we got those three, the three wise men, they'll be playing for Villa. And, but yeah, it's going to be a test of how far Villa have come I think tactically under Gerard. I mean, we've touched upon it in previous weeks in terms of you can see the effects that Gerard's had in terms of his style of play. You know, that back five has remained largely the same under the Gerard era. So if he's got to make some adaptations in diff- in terms of different players coming in, if there are, you know, injuries or other reasons why players are going to miss out, it'll be a good test, I've, I've, I think, to see in terms of how much progress has been made. And I think from Gerard, if there are players who maybe haven't had the opportunity to play very much so far. You do get thrown in, especially against Chelsea. He'll be keeping a very keen eye in terms of the January transfer window up and coming. I mean, we've been keeping a very keen eye in terms of the January transfer window. So 
have a listen out for our transfer window preview, which will be coming out during Christmas and New Year. But shameless plug aside, Villa Chelsea, how do you see this game panning out? I mean, obviously, a lot of it depends on the, the positive cases. But if we were looking at Chelsea and their runner form, you say they've, they haven't had the best form recently. So the, the quiz question here is, who's the best team for them to face to get out of that runner form? Answer, Aston Villa. Um, I think for them, you look at their season that they've had and they're obviously one of the favourites for the title. I think, if I remember rightly, you tipped them for the title, potentially. I did at the start of the season, yeah. You know, and you look at the players who have really been their their key, key players, and two of them that you wouldn't have thought at the start of the season, and their wing-backs. You've got Ben Chilwell on the left, scored four goals in four games at one point after not getting into the team. Um, I think Tuchel felt he needed a bit of a rest after his disappointment of not featuring for England during the Euros. And Rhys James, Rhys James has been a revelation this season. If both of them are fit, or even Marcus Alonso or Hudson-Odoi, because they've, they've had yep. decent seasons as well. That's where the danger is going to come from. Their back line, OK, Rudiger's done quite well recently, winning a lot of penalties for them. Good, good um, laugh. I mean, I think in terms of angling, he's out contracting the summer, isn't he? Or come, coming up soon and potentially a move somewhere else he's playing for. Well, there's talk of Barcelona, isn't there? Um, whether they can afford him, a lot of wage-wise. But, you know, they found some money around the back of the sofa now, Barcelona, I was seeing today. Uh, but anyway, that, yeah. that is a story for a different podcast. I think it's, it's one of them where you can't really identify too many holes in that Chelsea team. And they, they tend to play between the lines themselves anyway. Kai Havertz, when he's when he's on his day, is a good player. He seems to have adapted more to the league this season since he's a Champions League winning goal. To be fair, Werner is still Timo Werner. Lukaku hasn't been featuring as much recently. What I would hope for us is that those two number 10s will be able to exploit that middle space between the three centre-backs and the two midfielders that they tend to play. Kante's on his way back from from being out for a while. The same for Kovacic. Yes, they've had a bit of time to train now, but they haven't played too many matches. So if we can get whoever our two 10s are, and you'd be hoping that Buendia would be fit and one of... I suppose Ashley Young because of his experience or or Carney, then they'll be able to do a little bit of damage with Watkins making the runs. A Chelsea centre-back is going to have to step forward. They're not going to drop a midfielder back to make it four centre-backs and two wing-backs to combat two Aston Villa players. They're going to get Thiago, Rudiger, Azpilicueta, one of those to step forward and then little gaps will appear. And it will become more, Robert Hope, when we attack, of a three-on-three situation, especially if we try and catch them out on the counter. And I'm sure Gerard will already be working on Cashy and Target pushing the, the wing-backs as far up the pitch as they possibly can to try and pin those Chelsea danger men back. I mean, that's going to be a key tactical battle, the, the two wide defensive players and as you mentioned from the Chelsea side uh, James and Chilwell getting plenty of goals I mean 
Chilwell's had a goal in him previously, but Reese James, I think, has been a, a surprise in terms of that's how he's added you know, goals to his game. Maybe he's just thinking because there's England squad has got 45 right backs, then, you know, he <laughs> may, may as well add something else to his boat to try and get a game at right midfield. But certainly if, if those are playing, go keep an eye on those. I'm, I'm expecting a good game, to be honest. I, I think it's going to be entertaining in terms of, you know, kind of that tactical battle, but also both teams are going to be up for it. I think in terms of, especially from a Villa perspective, the fact that we did have a game postponed means that you know the crowd and the players are going to be you know, ready to kind of make up for lost time, as it were. In breaking with tradition, I'll go with my score prediction first. Okay. I, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be one all. I mean, I, we, we did beat them the last day of last season at home when Chelsea did in theory, need a win to guarantee a Champions League place. Well, I mean, it kind of became, well, top four place. It became redundant when, as you mentioned, Cal Havertz uh, put one past Man City to win the Champions League with Chelsea. But I think it's a game that Villa shouldn't go in fearing. I mean, we've had games against Man City and Liverpool, acquitted ourselves well, especially when you see other teams who've played Liverpool and Man City either immediately before us or immediately after not acquitting themselves so well shall we say so I don't think we've got anything to fear in terms of that side of things it's going to be a you know I mean I think it's going to be there's going to be some tackles flying you know in, in terms of that we don't usually miss too much of an opportunity to get on Chelsea from the fan perspective they've got the quality in the team earlier on in the season they we went to Stamford Bridge and played well. I don't think we'll be playing the same formation as we did that day in September where Lukaku came in and scored two. But I, I think it's even, even though, you know, you could say in terms of, oh, we won last season. So if we don't win this season, that's not, you know, as good. I, I think it'll be a sign of progress under Gerard demonstrated on the pitch by an attacking, you know, you know front foot performance. We'll get a draw. We'll get some more plaudits. We'll get those people on match of the day saying, oh, Stephen Gerrard isn't he doing very well against the big boys. So <laughs> I'm going to draw. I'm going 1-1. What about you, Will? Okay, well, the one big plus for us, hopefully this time, will be the return of Emmy Martinez. We didn't have him in goal at Stamford Bridge. And you could argue that he may have kept one or two of their goals out and the scoreline might have been um, reduced somewhat. You look back to that Stamford Bridge game as well, though, and it was that 3-5-2, 5-3-2, whatever you want to call it. And we we played well against them until the Tyrone Mings, Axel Twanzebe mix-up, which led to Kovacic scoring the first ever goal of his career, or so it was said on match of the day. It obviously wasn't. But um, we played well. We created a lot of chances. And at the moment, again, touch wood, Edouard Mendy seems to have a rick in him. Um, you look at the Man United game, for example, and how he nearly gifted Fred a goal and he has gifted other chances to teams. Uh, I'm, I'm confident. We, we tend to have a good record against Chelsea at home or from what I can remember or what I choose to remember, we yep. do. Um, you know, we've got draws against them. Luke Nillis, I remember him scoring on his debut, that cracking goal. Fabian Delft's Cruyff goal against them in a 1-0 victory. Again, that was a Saturday under the lights. Yep. Uh, 
we've had we've had some we've had some great results in the game that one last season, the Traore finish and El Ghazi penalty, and of course beating them when when Mourinho was their manager, but didn't like coming to Villa Park, did he? No. So I'm gonna I think that Thomas Tuchel doesn't have it all his own way. I think we do better than taking one point from them. And I think Stevie G brings us a lovely little gift-wrapped three-pointer and we get a counter-attackive 2-1 victory over them. Um, we said they've got a million players to watch out for, none more so than the ones we've mentioned and the likes of Pulisic and Jorginho's getting a penalty every week at the moment, it seems. But I think we'll have enough to beat them on the counter-attack. I think we'll get two early goals and we'll see the game out because we are looking defensively resilient when we got that back five that we want. And even when Ashley Young's in there playing at left-back. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go 2-1 against Chelsea. I, I think we're going to win. Well, there we go. In terms of if you were looking for something to warm your festive cockles before Christmas, then the thought of a Villa win on Boxing Day, if that doesn't do it, then nothing will. And things can't really get much better than that in terms of savouring the potential of a Villa win. So we are going to leave you right there with this special shortened preview of Villa Chelsea, just so you can go on and do all the festive stuff that no doubt you've got planned for this holiday period so check us out on the twitter page at talk trinity on our youtube channel at talk trinity on our podcast providers spotify amazon apple google stitcher geezer geezer and uh, sadly not geezer um, but you know I, I think that's a gap in the market that should be filled by somebody Whilst you're doing that, we will leave you and wish you a Merry Christmas from all us at Talk of the Trinity Towers. And we will be back again with you soon for more Villa content. And if you'd like to give us a gift, then why not hit that like button, smash the subscribe or so the kids say, and ring the bell for the notifications on YouTube. And... We're not going to do our, our festive, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We're going to do our weekly cheers, Tar. Thank you very much. I'm Villa Till I Die, up the villa. <laughs>